Well, good morning and welcome to First Baptist Locust. We are so glad to be worshiping with you today. Have just a couple of quick announcements. Really just want to draw your attention to some things, very important things that are in our bulletin. Um, first, um, remember, we're almost there. It is almost time for our March revival. Can you believe it's already almost March? So we will start a week from tomorrow. So please plan to, to come and uh, bring friends and family with you. Uh, we've got some great speakers throughout the month, and it's just going to be a great time of revival. Also want to draw your attention to the fact that in two weeks, on March the 12th, we will be having taking a love offering for our Africa mission team. So if you will pray about that and um, give generously, because it costs a lot to go to Africa. And we know what we can do when we work together to get funds. Uh, we saw what happened last year, so we pray that great things will happen again this year. Well, let's uh, open with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get about the, the work of worship. Oh, gracious God, we are so blessed to be in your house today, and we thank you, God, that we can come to a place freely to worship you. And God, we just pray that you will help open our hearts and our minds to receive the message today. Lord, and let us just worship without abandon, because you are worthy of all the honor, all the glory, and all of our worship. And God, we pray that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart will be pleasing to you, and that our worship will be a sweet offering to you. God, we love you, and we thank you for your blessings, and we just lift this time up to you. In your name we pray, amen. Well, let's stand together and let's sing. It's mine. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity yet again to come to your house. We pray that you would be with Pastor Andy and that we would receive your word that he speaks to us and that we would not forget it once we leave these, these walls. And God, we just pray that you would receive our tithes and offering, bless the gift and bless the giver. And we just ask and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
to be seated. Man, I like that. He is good. He is good. Well, it is my joy and honor today to introduce our guest guest preacher for this morning, Dr. Andy Prince. Um, he is the uh, newly elected Association Mission Strategist. You hear us use the term AMS for the Stanley Montgomery Association. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Prince for some time now, a great man of God uh, from the state of North Carolina, um, did a lot of his studies here. But the Lord had, had called him and his wife to plant a church in California where they served for 20 years before coming here to Stanley County to be with us. So Mr. Prince, it is our honor to have you preach for us this morning. The pulpit is yours. Do as the Lord wills. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you today. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Acts chapter 10. And as you're turning there, um, just want to say how blessed you are to have the staff that you have. I love your pastor, Tommy. Um, Got to know him uh, pretty well going through the um, search process as being the moderator and uh, really appreciate you allowing him to serve sort of as the interim AMS during that time of transition when Hal stepped down and they elected me. And um, I'm so grateful for a church that loves their pastor and is willing to give them a sabbatical. Um, I, I praise God for a church that is willing to look after a pastor. You know, um, I know with COVID and everything, it was stressful on a lot of us, amen, but it especially was on, on pastors, and um, one of the best things you can do is take care of your pastor. The hardest thing for a church to do is to have turnover in staff. One of the greatest things that you can ever do as a church when you have good staff is to love on them and take care of them, um, and so I am so grateful that you set that example for our association, and I praise God for you today, and um, like I said, I've gotten to know Nancy, just a little bit, and Brandon, uh, love your youth minister, Zach, and just encourage you to keep loving on them and taking care of them, and I know they enjoy serving you. Well, today, we're going to be looking in um, Acts 
chapter 10, and we're going to, to be looking at a subject that we see salvation for all. They said Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and a God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day, he got up and went away with them. And some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up saying, stand up, I am just a man. As he talked with him, he entered and found many people assembled and he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So I asked for what reason you have sent for me. And Cornelius said, four days ago, to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments, and he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at this house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. And opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. And the word which he sent to the son of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, from the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with the power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are all witnesses of the things he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to the witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. 
And while Peter was still speaking those words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. And then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did can be. And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray this morning as we look at this subject. Father, that I just pray that if there's anyone here who is not saved, who has never come to that place where they've trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today would be that day. And Father, I pray for us who do know you. Lord, that you'll awaken our hearts and help us to see that we need to bring the gospel to the nations. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we've all experienced that time where we have been on pins and needles waiting for the news. Perhaps it was a job interview and you're waiting for that phone call to come in, whether you got the job or not. Or maybe you're a young lady and you're going to the doctor's office and you're waiting for the doctor to come back to confirm whether or not you're pregnant. Or maybe it's Christmas morning. And your family has told you they've got a big surprise for you and you're just waiting to see what it is. But there's times when we just can't wait to hear good news. And here's Cornelius. And he has heard from God through an angel sent to him. And he says, go get Peter. And Peter has a message for you. I mean, it would be like in our day, if you could imagine, if Franklin Graham were to come and he was going to come and sit at our house and to be able to, to talk to us. And we learned some things about Cornelius. Cornelius comes and as he's getting ready, he brings his whole household together and he brings his close friends and the Bible reveals some interesting things as we look about Cornelius. First of all, he was a Gentile, which meant that simply he was not Jewish. He was outside of God's chosen people. We also read that he was a centurion, which means he was an Italian soldier over at least a hundred men. But the Bible says that Cornelius was a devoted man. Even though he was a Gentile and a Roman soldier, he was one that chose to believe in the one true God. And so he had an intellectual understanding of who God was. It says that he feared God. He sought to follow God in his ways and obey the law. He taught his household about the true God. He was a man who was very generous. He gave alms. He, he sought to take care of the poor and to help those who were in the 
community by giving generously. Here was a man that it says was praying to God. In fact, it was God answering his prayer that he sent an angel to him. So we see that here is a good man, an honest man, a kind man, a religious man. But we also see that he was a hellbound man. And today, there are people sitting in our churches who are good people, kind people, religious people. They have a knowledge of the one true God in their head, but they're on their way to hell. And, and, and this is where Cornelius was. And he was a sinner like all of us. And his good works could not save him. And can I tell you today, your good works and your religious deeds can't save you either. We see here that God was seeking after Cornelius. And in return, Cornelius began to seek after God. And I love this promise that's found in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you begin seeking after God, he's going to reveal who he is. And he will reveal his son to you so that you can know truth. In fact, the Bible says in Acts 17, and he has made one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord and hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being and also some of our own poets have said, for we also are his offspring. And here Cornelius had made a prayer and now God was going to answer it in a wonderful way by sending Peter to him. So I want us to begin by first looking at this meeting with Cornelius and notice that Peter had been prepared by God for this message and Cornelius had been, been prepared by God to receive the message. And can I tell you today, God is still in the business of preparing his messengers to go to people who have been prepared to hear the message. And there's People who God has prepared you to go and tell. And there's people at your workplace. There's people in your schools. There's people in your neighborhood who God has been preparing their heart to be able to hear the message that God has for them. We see that Cornelius is so excited. He's invited all his family. He's got his close friends in anticipation of what Peter is going to share. And Peter walks in, and the first thing that Cornelius does is he falls down to his knees and he worships Peter. And so the first thing that Peter has to do 
is he has to rebuke Cornelius. And he has to tell him, you can't worship me. I'm just a man, just like you. Now, you know, if there was anybody who knew about being rebuked, it was Peter. Because it seems like Jesus had to do that a lot in Peter's life. If you remember, uh, you know, when he was stepping out in water and he began to sink and he said, Lord, save me. And he had to bring him back and he said, the reason you sank is because you had a lack of faith. But at least Peter got out of the boat. None of the others did, amen? And then we know when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus said, will you please pray for me? Will you please pray for me? And Peter, James, and John, who he brought close to him, they just all decided to do what? To sleep. And he had to rebuke them. And then he denied them three times. And folks, can I tell you, if we're ever going to share the gospel faithfully, we are going to have to address the sin issue. And here we see that Cornelius was worshiping the messenger. We have to be careful. There's a lot of churches today where people are worshiping the person who gives the message. They worship a celebrity status. But our worship only goes to God. There's other issues that need to be addressed, but we need to understand that the focus of Peter's message wasn't dwelling on the sin. He addressed it, but his focus was to give the good news. And we need to make sure that we address the sin issue, but we can't stay there, amen, because we have good news to share with them. And so we see the next thing is he begins to share the revelation of what happened to him. And, and we see that Peter then goes and he walks in with Cornelius and he tells him about the dream that he had had. Now, we can't have time to go study it, but if you read before, Peter had this revelation as he was alone with God, God brought him down a blanket of food that he was not supposed to eat. And it was considered unclean according to the Jewish customs. And I'm not sure what was on that blanket, but, you know, I, I sort of imagine it, it probably had bacon and, and sausage gravy and some shrimp and some baby back ribs. And there he's telling Peter, eat. And man, I would have jumped right in. But Peter tells God, no. And Jesus tells him, Peter, whatever I say is clean, is clean. You do what I say. And the message he was trying to help him understand was that the Gentiles were now to be able to have access to God. God had declared them clean. Now we need to understand what clean and unclean is. There, there's a difference between in the Bible when things were clean and unclean and, and then there were things that were sinful. God had told, if you go touch a dead body, 
then you were considered unclean and you weren't supposed to go into the presence of God, go to the temple until there was a sanctification period. It wasn't that you were sinful. If somebody died, somebody has to move the body eventually. You can't just leave it there, right? But in God's eyes now, now you were unclean for a time. It was a, a recognition of what God said was a status of being clean or unclean. And, and when he was talking about coming into the presence of him, he deemed that the Jews were the clean people. And the only way for the Gentiles to be able to come into the presence of God is they would have to become Jewish. And can I tell you for a man, that was a major decision. Because he had to go through circumcision. And, and, and now he comes and, and he's hanging out with these Gentile people. And God had never said that the Jews could not hang out with the Gentiles. In fact, he had told the Jews to go bring the light to the Gentiles. But somehow, it got to the place where the people began to believe the Jewish nation was, man, if they're Gentile people, I just need to stay away from them. In fact, look at the reaction. If you just look in chapter 11, verse 2, it says, And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, as saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. And folks, sadly today, many Christians are avoiding people who are different than them. And they sort of look at them as they are unclean. They're not like me. They look different than me. They have a different skin color than me. They've got longer hair than me. They dress differently than me. They've got tattoos. They, 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 they talk different. They're unclean. Get away from me. I can't hang out with you. That's not what Scripture says. God said that all men can come to him and were to take the gospel to all men. And this was difficult for Peter because Peter had been a Christian for a long time and they had been very faithful. As God said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and you're going to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth and the Church was real faithful and just staying in Jerusalem and just staying there and bringing the gospel only to their people. And as I see a lot of churches, a lot of churches look very much like the same type of people. And yet when I read what it's going to be like in heaven, it says they're going to be every tribe, tongue, and nation. And a lot of times we get trapped just like they did in not having a heart to reach everybody. And so we see here the request that comes. And, and Peter comes and he asks Cornelius, why did you bring me here? You see, there had been a Roman centurion earlier who met Jesus and he wanted to have his daughter healed. So Peter's probably thinking, you, you need a healing or you need something. What do you want? 
And we don't actually know specifically what was done and what was requested, but we sort of get an idea because what we read is his first request went to God and he was praying to God. And while it never says what the prayer was, it says that God sent an angel to answer Cornelius' prayer. And Cornelius was so serious about this prayer that he spent some time fasting. That means he didn't eat. When's the last time you fasted and didn't eat and just spent time in prayer with the Lord? And this must have been Cornelius' prayer. God, I really want to know who you are. God, I really want to have a relationship with you because that was the message that Peter was coming to give him. And folks, can I tell you that there are people out in this world right now who are seeking and wanting to know who God is. And you and I have the good news and we have the blessing to be able to tell them. And so many of us, are not being faithful in going to them and sharing and inviting them to be able to experience the goodness and the love of God. Secondly, we see the request he made to Peter. And God told Cornelius, Peter is going to be in this city and he's going to be at this house. And so Peter or Cornelius goes and sends his servants to go get Peter. And he comes and he says, listen, Peter, I know that you have a word from God and I have been fasting and praying and getting my heart ready so that I can be able to hear and listen to what you're going to say so I can follow it. Man, don't you think our churches would be different if we had men and women and children who got up and prayed And so, Lord, get my heart ready as I come to church today. As the word of God is given, oh God, let it change me. I'm ready to listen and I'm ready to obey. Here's Cornelius. And he's coming. I want to hear. You see, the Jews had the word of God. They had the rituals. They had the ceremony. They had the temple. But it wasn't changing their life. Folks, there's many in the church. We've got the buildings. We've got great music. We've got the word of God. But are our lives being changed that we care about the people in this world that we're bringing them the good news? Or are we just like the Jews? We have all the religion. But we don't have a relationship with God that's transforming us to loving other people. So we see here that Peter comes and gives them the message of Christianity. Whenever the door is slightly open and someone's willing to listen, we've got to share. And we see the doors wide open here. And Peter begins and he says, listen, I want you to understand, Cornelius, that, that God has opened my eyes 
And I want you to understand that I understand now that, that, that the message of salvation is not just for the Jews, but it's for you Gentiles also. You also can become a part of the family of God. And it doesn't matter whether you're from Israel or Africa or Europe or Asia or North America or Australia. It doesn't matter if you're born in a city or you're from a small town. It doesn't matter if you lived in a mansion or you live in a box. It doesn't matter if you have white skin or black skin or brown skin. It doesn't matter whether you're male or whether you're female. If you are willing to come and fear him and Repent of your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus. You can be saved. And you can be a part of the family of God. And so he begins to share the gospel with him. And he begins to illuminate that for him. And he begins by sharing in verse 36 the nature of who Jesus is. And when we're sharing the gospel, we have to begin there. We have to share who Jesus is. And he says, listen, this is who Jesus is. He is the promised Messiah of the Jews. But he's not just for the Jews. He is Lord of all. So Cornelius, Jesus is also your Lord. And because he's Lord, that means that Jesus is God in flesh. And you have to recognize him as God. He is the son of God who came and and he was baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit came and would descend upon him. And the father would say, this is my son who I am well pleased. He is fully man. He is fully God. He lived without sin and he came and he loved on mankind, but that wasn't his full purpose because then he goes to the nature of salvation and he begins to share and in verse 39 he says, and he was nailed to a tree. And this is why Jesus came. He came to be your sin substitute, Cornelius. Because even though you're a religious man, And even though you have knowledge and even though you're trying to follow him, Cornelius, you have sin in your life and there's only one way that sin can be paid. And the wages of sin is death. And you can't die except go to hell and that's the end. So there had to be a substitute in order for you to be able to live. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus died as a gift for you, Cornelius. And he died in your place so that your sin could be forgiven. Why did he die for you, Cornelius? Because he loves you. Romans 5, 8 says this, But God demonstrated his own love toward us, that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And can I tell you, First Baptist, Locust, Jesus loves you. And that's why he died for you. And that's why he died for me, because he loves us. And then we can't stop there, because not only was he died for us, but then it says that he rose again from the dead. And the tomb could not hold him. And three days later, he rose and he conquered sin. He conquered death. And if you will just trust in him, 
you too can know that you have eternal life. Cornelius, would you like that? And so we see the final thing that he does is he invites him to be able to come into a relationship with him. And not only is he Lord of the Jews, but he's Lord of all. And so, Cornelius, are you willing to bow down and receive King Jesus as your Lord? You see, the Bible tells us the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And from the very beginning of Scripture, It was prophesied that Jesus was the one who would be the Messiah, who would be the Savior. And he tells Cornelius, this is why Jesus has come to die and to rise again. But he didn't stop there. He came and he invited him. Do you want to believe in him? Do you want him to make him Lord of your life? And many times we share information, but we never invite for transformation. And folks, we have to be out there inviting people. And we know that there'll be some that will reject. But can I tell you, there's also some ready to receive. And we have our responsibility to be faithful and sharing. And so we look here at the miracle of his conversion. And the first thing we see as we close tonight is that in verse 44, we see that he received the Holy Spirit. It says that as he was still sharing that the Holy Spirit came upon Cornelius and his family because they made the decision to believe in Jesus. Did you notice that there wasn't a prayer of salvation? Folks, I'm all before people praying to receive Jesus Christ. But did you know that if you look in the Bible, you won't find a prayer of salvation? Because just repeating some words will not save you. What saves you is when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And the moment that that happens, The Holy Spirit comes and lives in you and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were changed. And then the second thing we see is they began to speak in tongues. Now, as Baptists, we go, well, don't talk about that, but it's in the Bible, so we will talk about it. What is speaking in tongues? I don't know why the Pentecostals have made this something it's not. If you read Acts chapter 2, it's pretty clear what speaking in tongues is. Did you know that speaking in tongues literally just means speaking in languages? If you read Acts chapter 2, go ahead and read it when you see that tongues is used. Every single language that is spoken of was a different language that was known to mankind. It was just being able to speak in a different language that you didn't know. And when the apostles first spoke in tongues, they were speaking 
the gospel in a language, and those who were hearing that language in Jerusalem as they had come for the celebration of Pentecost understood the gospel, and they began to understand it in their heart language, and they began to believe. And what happened here was that they began to speak in a language that they did not know, and they began to praise God, and maybe it was Aramaic, maybe it was Hebrew, because these were Italian Romans, and, and, and Cornelius is uh, hearing this, and, and they're going, wow, look, the same thing that happened to, to us also happened to them. And that doesn't mean that this is necessarily the only sign that's going to take place when we receive the Holy Spirit. But what I can say is whenever you receive the Holy Spirit, there should be a difference in your life. Because you should be different when Jesus Christ has been made your Savior and your Lord. When you have come to the place where you have confessed your sin and know that it is paid for and know that all your sin has been forgiven and that you have been given the gift of eternal life and that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to empower you to make a difference in the world. Folks, your life should be different, amen? And that's exactly what we see here. So then Peter says, then you need to go through the ritual of baptism. You've been baptized by the Spirit. Now let's have you baptized in water to show, to symbolize. Folks, there's no water that can save you, amen? It's just water. But it's important to, to demonstrate that what we believe. As Baptists, we stand in that water and it sort of forms a cross. And we say, I believe that Jesus died for me and that I was buried and that I rose again from the dead. And just as Jesus left that water and he gave his life to the Father's will, so I have given my life now for the Father's will. Whatever you want to use me for, God, I am here ready to serve you. And then we see that they made the request for discipleship and they said, will you please stay with us in days and will you help us to grow? And you see, if you are a true follower of Jesus, then you're going to want to grow in your relationship with him and with others. That's what scares me about a lot of what's taking place in the American church. Because I see a lot of people who will come for a one-hour service, but they say, please don't make me go to Bible study. Please don't make me go to prayer meeting. Please don't make me go and serve. And so you have to ask, as we look at application today, are you saved? Folks, there's a lot of people sitting in our pews who are just like Cornelius. Good people, devoted people. They'll put something in the offering plate. They'll go through the religious ceremony. But they've never come to the place where they've said, Jesus, I understand that you died for my sin. And God, you're Lord of all, and I'm ready and ask you to forgive me 
and now I'm ready to give my life to follow you. That's what a disciple is. Jesus said this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Cornelius had to learn that none of his good works None of his giving, none of his devotion, none of his rituals could save him. The only thing was if he were to believe in him. Paul shares this so greatly in Romans chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does scripture say? Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Today, how certain are you that you would be in heaven if you were to die today? And there's some of you that if you honestly answered that question right now, you'd be like, I don't know. Because I don't know if I've done enough. And what you're saying is there's still work to be done. There's still something I have to do. And, And what you're saying is I'm still trusting in myself. There's still debt to be paid. And what you're saying is I don't believe that Jesus' death was enough. Folks, Jesus died and paid for not some of your sin, not for most of your sin, but for all of your sin. What Jesus wants you to do today is to recognize that he died for each and every person. And if you will simply believe, you can be forgiven. And it should change your life. In verse 5 it says, But to him who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Today, do you know that you know that you know that you have eternal life? If not, I want to invite you today to fully trust in Jesus Christ and make him your Savior and your Lord and have that salvation. And then second, if you're here today and you've made that decision, then I want you to understand that God has prepared hearts for you to go take that good message too. Do you remember when Jesus first called Peter? He told Peter, Peter, get rid of all your fishing nets and everything. He says, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. How do you know that you're following Jesus? Because you're fishing for other people to come into the kingdom. When's the last time you've invited somebody to church? When's the last time you shared your testimony with someone? When's the last time 
you've intentionally sought to build a relationship with somebody who was different from you, with a Cornelius, and let them know the good news. Follow me, and this is what I'm going to do in your life. I will make you fishers of men. And today, if we're followers of Jesus, then our churches should be full. Because we're seeking to bring other people to know him. Amen? And what God wants us to do is have that privilege and that honor of being able to share that they, anybody, can be a part of the family of God. One of my hobbies that I'm not very good at is playing golf. And I love when I have the opportunity to go play golf at nice courses. And there's a difference between a public course and a private course, if you've ever played. And the nicer courses are the private ones. But in order to play them, you have to become a member. And... So the only way that I ever got to play nice courses is somebody invited me to be able to play. One of the nicest courses in the country is called Bighorn Golf Club. And in order to be able to be a part of this beautiful course with its 40,000 square foot clubhouse and 13,000 square foot spa and salon and tennis courts and pool is you first have to buy a house in the neighborhood. The average house is between $1.9 and $8.4 million. And then after you buy your house, you have to be able to pay for your initiation fee. Not that much when you compare the house, only $325,000. And then you have to pay your annual fees of $15,000 every year. Now, again, the only way I would ever be able to play on this course is if somebody was willing to invite me to come and play. But I would never, ever be able to be a member because I couldn't ever make the payment. And that's what the Jews were sort of doing with the Gentiles. They would say, you can be a guest and come to the temple and stand on the outside. But you can't be a member. Us Jews are the chosen people. And what this lesson is about today is that Jesus Christ paid the membership for every single one of us to be a member. And we have the great blessing to go and tell others, you know what? Jesus Christ paid the membership dues for you to be a part of the family of God. And you get to be in heaven and you get to have eternal life. Folks, there are people in your life that God is prepared for you to tell. Will you be faithful and share with them the good news? Because salvation is for all. Let's pray.
Father, we just want to thank you for the time that we've had to meet this morning. We thank you for your word. And in just a moment, Lord, we're going to have a song of invitation. And I would just pray, God, that right now, that there would be hearts just like Cornelius's that would just take a moment and say, oh God, touch my heart. Lord, let your word do a work. Your spirit is stirring. God, you've been pursuing me. And God, I need to pursue you. And there may be some here today. God, as they take an honest inventory of their life, they would say, I'm just like Cornelius. And on the outside, I, I look like everybody else. I'm, I'm religious. I'm devoted. I, I, I do good things. I put money in the offering plate. But, but I've never come to that place where I've given my heart and life to Jesus Christ. I've never received his salvation. The Holy Spirit's never come in my life. There's never been that change. God, I'm tired of pretending. And right now, I believe. I believe that you died for me, Jesus. And I believe all my sins have paid, paid for. And for the first time, I know that I know that I know that I'm going to be in heaven because it's not about anything I do. It's about everything you accomplished. God, today I receive you and I want to enter into that joy as I believe that you died and rose again to give me life. Thank you for paying for my membership. Lord, as there may be some who have made that decision today, we just want to celebrate that and help them grow. And I pray that during the invitation they come and talk to Preston pastor brandon this morning and then lord the altars open for us who know you lord to pray first and foremost for those people that we need to go and share with lord that you would prepare their heart and god we need to come and pray for boldness lord that we would come and that we would go Father, do a great work in the next few moments, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song, and as we sing, Pastor Brandon will be up here. If you've made that decision for the first time today to trust Jesus Christ, would you come and share that with him? He would love to be able to give you some information and encourage you and being able to grow in that relationship. But Christian, this message is primarily for us. There's people who God has prepared. Today, would you come in faith and pray for those at the altar today? And pray for boldness. Oh, God, use me to be a bearer of good news. May I bring many into your kingdom until you return. As the Spirit speaks today, will you obey? Let's stand and sing.
Brother, that was a good word. That was a good word. Thank you for, for sharing with us. I'm going to close us with prayer. Thank you again for being here. God bless you. We hope to see you back Wednesday night for our Bible study and again next Sunday morning for worship and again hopefully Monday night next week as we start our revival services. Brother Andy and your wife, if you'd like to join me in the back to to greet us as we leave, you guys are more than welcome. Let's pray. Lord, what an honor it has been to truly be in your house and to truly be in your presence. Lord, we thank you for Dr. Prince and the message that he brought to us. Lord, we thank you for the gospel that you have brought to us. The gospel that we can never save ourselves. And even if we tried, we would have utterly failed in and of ourselves. But you stepped in. You stepped in when no one else would. And sent your son to pay the price that we could never pay. Thank you for the gospel that saved a sinner like me. Lord, if there's anyone here who has yet to make that decision, my prayer is that your Holy Spirit would just work in their lives to bring light where there is darkness. Lord, for those of us who have called upon your name as your children, may your Spirit embolden us And as you call us to go and to share this news, may we be obedient to your call. That all might hear, that all might know, for you are not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Be with us as we go our way today, Lord, and bring us back safely at the next appointed hour. May your hand of blessing Rest on each one that is here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.